0: trampled anyway. Have you ever noticed that with Christmas comes crowds? The malls packed. Checkout lines trailing around forever. Roads are crazy. Airports are jammed. Homes are crowded with more decorations and activities Even churches have a few more people than normal. The problem with crowds, especially at Christmas, is they tend to trample Jesus. Just like that mob of shoppers that trampled Patricia Van Lester. We get so involved in all the shopping, we miss the Savior. We get so involved and so busy with our travels that we leave Jesus at home. We are in such a hurry that we overlook the truth of Christmas. Richard Foster said, in modern society, Satan majors in three things. Noise. Hurry. And crowds. If he can keep us engaged in muchness. If he can keep us engaged in manyness. Then Satan is perfectly satisfied. And at no other time is it more prevalent than this time of year. Could it be that all those crowds. That all that shopping that constant bell ringing, the music constantly playing, the increased number of activities and the fast-paced lifestyle of this time of year is really just a ploy by Satan to get our focus off Jesus. Many years ago, a wealthy European family was having a baby dedication at their home. Many guests arrived in their nice cars and their expensive fashions. Their jackets were then carried to a bedroom when placed on a bed. And after the hors d'oeuvres were served and all the chatting and commotion had taken place, it was time for the baby dedication ceremony. And someone asked, well, where's the baby? So the nanny ran upstairs and returned several minutes later, and the baby was nowhere to be found. Then someone remembered seeing that child napping on the bed. And after a frantic investigation, the little child was found smothered under all those coats and jackets in the bedroom. The chief reason why the people came Was forgotten. The reason why the people came was neglected. The reason why the people came was destroyed. Crowds and commotion tend to smother Jesus at Christmas. Most often, he's forgotten, he's neglected, and if we're not careful, he can be destroyed. In our lives, if you would turn with me to Luke chapter two, that's on page nine oh five in the Bibles in front of you, and let's read another portion of the Christ's birth narrative that Luke, Doctor Luke, uh, writes to us about, and let's see how we can avoid smothering Jesus this Christmas. Let's see how we can avoid trampling him out of Christmas this year. In verse 8 of Luke chapter 2, the scriptures tell us, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign that you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning the child. And those who heard it marveled at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard, all the things that they had seen as it was told them. I want you to see, first of all, that while it doesn't point this out, obviously there were people who didn't hear God's message. The first Christmas was a lot like Christmas today. There were huge crowds. The little town of Bethlehem was crowded. People were stirring everywhere. People were probably sleeping on the streets, in the alleyways, and everywhere else they could find a spot to sleep. Now, the merchants had to get up earlier to accommodate all this influx of visitors. The owner of the inn, we learned last week, had to get up early. Lots of things to do there at the inn. And his inn was full and all the rooms were taken. People were everywhere. On mats, in chairs, curled up in corners, they were everywhere. But the crowds and the commotion drowned out the cry. Of a baby boy born outside the inn, probably in a cave, and was laid in a feeding trough for a bed. Think about this. God, the proud daddy, sent out a birth announcement that was like no other. And it should be because never before had God taken on human flesh. Our supernatural God was now living in a natural body. This child, God in human body, would change the world as we know it. But all the crowds, all the citizens, and all the visitors didn't hear the announcement of the day. The town was too packed, it was too noisy, they were too consumed, and they were too preoccupied, To hear the birth announcement of this baby. The mayor of Bethlehem didn't get the news. Think about it. The high priest in Jerusalem left out of the loop. The reigning Roman emperor, Caesar Augustus, didn't get the news. None of the power brokers heard the birth announcement. The palace didn't hear The temple didn't hear. Jerusalem didn't hear. Bethlehem didn't hear. Why? Too crowded. Too noisy. Too busy. Too fake. And while there were those that didn't hear God's message... This passage in Luke chapter 2 tells us that there were those who did hear God's message. God's birth announcement regarding his only son coming into human history was heard by a rather unassuming group of people on the outskirts of Bethlehem. Let me read it to you again there in verse 8. They were there in the same country, shepherds, living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock, So the announcement of Jesus' birth came to sheep herders. Sheep herders? Sheep herders? Are you kidding me? Sheep herders were today's social equivalent of a homeless person who drifted from place to place looking for odd jobs. Sheep herders were social outcasts. They didn't fit in with the society. They were always traveling, always moving with their sheep. They didn't look good. They smelled worse. Amen? The language was crude. Their language was harsh. They were uneducated, unsophisticated men. You know the type I'm talking about, don't you? Those who don't wear the latest fashions. Those that don't have the the latest trends. Those that don't have the latest gadget or the newest toy. They don't have their own Facebook page. They don't have an iPhone 7. They don't even have their own email account. They just come off a little bit backward. You know the type I'm talking about? But not only were these sheep herders social outcasts, these sheep herders were also religiously unclean. See, to fully participate in the Jewish religion, you had to go to certain places and you had to do certain things in order to be clean and acceptable to God. But because of their work schedule and they were constantly traveling, these shepherds, they couldn't go to the services. They couldn't partake of the rituals that were necessary to be right with God. And when they did go, the religious people, kind of snub their nose at them. You know the kind I'm talking about. You know that look, don't you? You don't belong here. What is your kind doing at our church? Why not you just clean yourself up a little bit? And then you can come here. See, these shepherds were led to believe That they weren't good enough for God. They were unclean. But not only that, these shepherds were isolated loners. Their jobs called them to tend their sheep out in the fields, out under the stars, away from the city, away from the crowds of life. It was an incredibly lonely, desolate life that these shepherds lived. You know the sort. Those kinds of people who just live a simpler life. Those kinds of people who live a less hectic, slower, calmer, noise-free, crowd-less life. They just prefer a life of solitude. They prefer to be out and away from the crowd. They prefer quietness, perhaps separated from other people. But it's to these people. It's to these people that the angel announced the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Outcasts. Unclean. Loners. Here's your point. God's birth announcement came to those who were not in the crowded city, but those who were separated From the crowds. They could hear God's message. Why? Because they were in a place to hear God's message. Sometimes you and I don't hear God's message because it's too crowded. There's too many things going on up here. Amen. Sometimes we don't hear God's message because it's too loud. We're too distracted. But if God would speak to those who are outcasts, if God would speak to those who are overlooked by religious people, if God would speak to those who are outside the hustle and bustle of the city and of the crowds, then maybe if I get in a similar place, maybe I can hear God too. God spoke to the shepherds. And therefore, I think that there might be some hope for me. So we've heard those that didn't hear God's message. And we've seen those who did hear God's message. And what's most important today is that you walk out of this building knowing how we can hear God's message. What do we got to do to be able to hear God's message at Christmas. we got to travel to Israel and become a sheep herder. Maybe move out to Montana way out in the middle of nowhere and uh, join a cult and never bathe again. Please don't. Amen. How can you and I prevent crowds from trampling Christ out of Christmas? What do we got to do? To hear God's message like the shepherds did well first of all I want to encourage you to be still to be still it's very possible not to experience the true meaning of Christmas this year it's very possible that you will not experience the blessings of Christmas this year I mean, how many years has Christmas come and gone, and I totally missed it because there was too much going on? Friend, if you desire to make this Christmas different from every other Christmas you ever had, then what you need to do is, in some form or fashion, you need to move away from the hustle and bustle. Somehow, you have got to find a time to just sit down in your armchair and just linger there. Just ponder everything that God has done. Just wait and behold the wonder of that first Christmas. There'll be time enough for all the shopping. There'll be time enough for all the activity. There'll be time enough for all the pushing. There'll be time enough for all the crowds later. But for now, pledge to yourself that you're going to just be still. Be still and just know all the things that God did. In Psalm 46.10, the Bible said, be still and know that I am God. Sometimes we just don't be still. Like the shepherds, you and I may need to refrain from all of this craziness, all of this activity, this overload of activity, in order to really experience Christmas. What's going to require is that you deliberately choose to be still, to stop and just wait and wonder about what God did that first Christmas. Here's another tidbit for you about how you can hear God's message this year and how you can avoid trampling Christ out of Christmas. And that is you need to find a quiet place. It's easier said than done, Bill. I agree with you. But here's what we need to do. Realize that Christmas comes packaged with all kinds of noise. You remember what the Grinch said? Noise, noise, noise. He hated all the noise. It's everywhere. The music's playing. The bells are ringing. People are chattering. The paper is rustling. It just can't be avoided. The only way is you're going to have to move away. Move away from the noise and find a quiet place. Now, am I telling you to move on the other side of the country? Am I telling you to move to some isolated island? No, that's not what I'm telling you. But what I am telling you is this. The entire message this morning is centered around four words in verse 8. The shepherds were living out in the fields. What are you saying, Bill? Out in the fields implies that they were away from all the clutter. Out in the fields implies that they were away from all the crowds. They were away from all the hustle and bustle. They were away from all the commotion that was going on in town. They had found a quiet place. Now, what you have to know is, is that a quiet place may not always be a physical place. A quiet place very well may mean a place of the heart. A place where you're just focused on what God has done. Often when we need quietness, when we need it the most, we're right smack in the middle of a crowd. We're right smack in the middle of a a get-together. We're right smack in the middle of some commotion going on. And it's like a hurricane out there. I mean, it's going crazy. What you need to do is you need to park yourself in the eye of the hurricane. Amen? See, in the eye of the hurricane, it's quiet. It's peaceful. It's calm. And the world may be going crazy around you. But you are here internally. Experiencing calmness and peace and silence. I read a story about country music star Travis Tritt. And Travis spent many years playing bars and clubs before he made it big in country music. He says that many of those bars were dangerous places because the drunken fans would start fights over the most stupid things. But Tritt found a unique way to keep the peace when fights were about to break out. When the bikers started reaching for their pull sticks and the rednecks started heading to their trucks for the gun racks, when a bar fight was just about ready to to start out, Travis Trent said I would start singing Silent Night. He said, I found that Silent Night was my all-time lifesaver. It didn't matter if it was the middle of July, I'd sing Silent Night. Sometimes, those bikers and rednecks would start crying. Right there with me sweating and singing Christmas carols, bikers and rednecks were crying. Now friends, I know that it wasn't sung that first Christmas morning, but I think it could have been. That song, Silent Night, so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. I think that's what we need. I think that's what we need to experience this year, a little silence. to move away from the crowds. Find the time and if possible find the place to enjoy the silence. To enjoy the calmness. To enjoy the peace this Christmas. I want to tell you where I find that I can do that the best. Kind of crazy but you'll probably identify. When I'm feeling in an uproar When I'm experiencing the crowds and commotion I love to stop by the mall and go over there by Santa's place and watch the kids and I'll just find myself a little corner over there and I'll just watch the children in all that awe and wonder of Christmas. And for me, a peace rolls over. And I smile a lot might even cry some but I find this silence in the midst of the crowd in the midst of the Santa commotion and I remember this is all about Jesus so be still find a quiet place even if you in your own heart but lastly I want to encourage you to be intentional To be intentional. See there's a word about these shepherds that jumps right off the page to me and it's the word living there in verse 8. They were living out in the fields. Now I know that that living means that they're probably eating and working and breathing and drinking and all that kind of thing but could it mean more than that? Could it be that That word living means that they were living life on purpose? Could it mean that they weren't just going through the motions of being a shepherd? Could it mean that they weren't just waiting for a paycheck? Could it mean that they weren't just hoping for the weekend so they could go party with their friends? They were living intentionally. They were living deliberately. They were fulfilling that for which they had been called. Friends, as Christians, as men and women of God, are you fulfilling that for which you have been called? God has something for every single one of us to be doing for the kingdom of heaven. Are you living intentionally? Are you living on purpose? Those shepherds, they weren't concerned with what other people thought of them. There was only one person they were concerned about. And that was their father in heaven. They were living. Deliberately living. I wonder if the same thing can be said about me. Am I really living? Am I living life on purpose? I think a lot of times I pretend to live. In fact... I think there's a whole lot of pretending going on. The story of that Walmart shopper has a dark side. Because it turns out that Patricia Van Lester was a former Walmart employee. And over the course of 16 years, she had filed 16 injury claims against Walmart and against other companies. Could it be that Patricia Van Lester is a fake? Probably. But before we pass judgment on her, let's make sure we look in the mirror and ask yourself, are you really living? Are you living for God? Are you living the way God would have you to be? Are you the wife of that God would have you to be? Are you the husband God would have you to be? Are you the servant of Christ that God would have you to be? If you're not, then you're a fake. So let's be sure to look in the mirror strongly and decide that we're going to live on purpose. We're going to live intentionally. No more pretending to live We're going to truly live. And truly living means you're doing and fulfilling that which God had created you to do. Christmas is about God living in human flesh. And the same God lives in us, enabling us to live for his glory. So will you hear the message of God this Christmas and every day for that matter? Friend, will you stop long enough to be still and just listen to God? You can do it anywhere, even in a crowd, even in Christmas commotion. Will you find a place of solitude, a place where God can break through the crowds, break through the commotion? And most of all, will you determine today that you're going to live intentionally? Enough of the pretending already. Enough of the going through the motions. Sometimes we just have to get real, don't we? Today I want to encourage you to get real with God. Pull down the pretense don't be a fake truly live as God wants you to live and whatever you do do everything in your power not to trample Jesus out of Christmas this year instead receive him as your own it's the reason he was sent for you so when you're in that still quiet place You just remember that the creator of the universe sent his own son for me, for you. Make it very personal. Because to God, it was personal. Today, you can make Jesus your own. And I want to encourage you today to receive the greatest Christmas gift ever. And you don't even have to unwrap it. You say, God, I want it. I want forgiveness.